Christy Bilbrey. Right after college, I started my career in the Senate press office and then the White House. For the next seven years, I worked in corporate marketing before starting my own business. As soon as I did, the one thing I realized that none of those experiences taught me was how to market myself. Promoting yourself can mess with your head. Discovering brand storytelling and learning how to put it to work in my messaging saved my business. Once I learned this, I started teaching other business owners how to put it to work in their business as well. I created the Business That Story Built podcast to help strengthen the stories we tell ourselves and the stories we tell others. Audiences crave the human side of businesses. They want to get to know you, follow you, and interact with you outside of the buying experience. This can be intimidating to say the least. If you're ready to take your mindset and your messaging to the next level, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Thank you so much for joining today. We are continuing in our Thought Leader series. And up to this point, if you have been listening to the episodes, you know that we've pretty much covered a different platform each week and how you can show up as a thought leader on those platforms. Today, we're going to step back and take a slightly different approach because regardless of which platforms you're showing up on, there's something very critical that you can't overlook, and that is your mindset. So if you are committing to show up as a thought leader, you need to make sure your mind is there with you. So today we're going to talk about mindsets to develop and strengthen for that long-term success so that you can overcome the hurdles and stay committed along the way. I'm really excited for today's guest. She's a client of mine, but we actually met years ago when we worked at the same law firm up till 2011. She's terrific. I am thrilled for you to meet her. Laura Terrell is an executive coach with over 25 years of experience as a legal and business leader. She offers insider perspective for business, legal, and corporate professionals working to help her clients improve and achieve success in their work lives. Prior to coaching, she was a special assistant to the president at the White House, a senior level appointee at the U.S. Department of Justice, an equity partner in two large global law firms, and in-house counsel at a publicly traded company. Laura has also led and managed teams of people across multiple countries, serving as a top advisor to many Fortune 500 and FTSE 100 companies. Partnering with her clients, she enjoys helping them reach their goals and build confidence in their careers. You can learn more about Laura and follow her blog at lauraterrell.com. Thank you so much for joining, Laura. It's great to be with you, Christy. Thank you. Yes. So... I think from your bio alone, it's pretty clear that you have throughout your career reached the pinnacle of several different areas and getting there has its own set of challenges and focuses and, and pretty big jumps. So I have to think that you have had ample opportunity to develop mindsets along the way to accomplish that. But I, because I know you, I also know that while you were in those roles, you and kind of, I don't want to jump the gun, but um, what led you to where you were is you had a lot of people open up to you where you worked, friends, colleagues who also struggled in these positions that people might think on the outside, oh, if someone's up there, they have it all together, but we're all human. We all struggle. And so I know that you were 
helping people through some of these challenges, even before you started your official coaching business, what have been a couple of really the most common mindset struggles that you feel like hold people back from um, making a big decision or maybe making a big jump that they're really scared to make? Well, I think that's a great question, Christy. And I would say, first and foremost, as a lawyer, for someone who was that was that was their first career, uh, making a shift to coaching was also a mindset shift for me. It's a very different kind of work. It's, um, as you say, it involves a lot of engagement with people, but I also had to think about what kind of mindset I wanted to have. And there were moments where I was concerned about could I make this work as a business? Would I have clients that wanted to work with me? Were there um, areas of expertise that I could offer? I thought I had those, but some of that was a process for me as well. And I would say for almost all of my clients, some of those are very common themes. Do I have the confidence to do this? I'm exhausted. What is my capacity to take on a new project? Or if I'm making a transition in my career, is this the right step for me? Mm -hmm. My clients have all of those concerns. I think for professionals at all kinds of levels and in all kinds of businesses, there are some very, very common themes and those appear consistently. Even for people that are CEOs, leaders of major law firms, huge business developers, mega real estate professionals, you name it, people at the pinnacle of their careers still struggle with things like how they persevere in the face of adversity. How do you get through hurdles? What happens if you lose your confidence? Um, And how do you practice resilience and develop a mindset that allows you to pursue the goals you want? So I empathize with that both as a person who's gone through pivots in their career and now in a newer business for me, but also from what I hear from my clients. Yeah, no, that I I love that because I think people often put others on a pedestal and they think, oh, this is, this is only because I'm not strong enough or I haven't, you know, it's, it's quick to diminish yourself and kind of put yourself in that worked for them, not for me. So I appreciate just the fact that this really knows no bounds. This is anyone who is a human and they are out there trying to do good things, big things, and this is what they're they're going to encounter. So when you when somebody starts opening up about some of these kind of core struggles, are there areas, are there questions maybe that you ask them to help them start making some shifts or even knowing what kinds of shifts? should I make? What would you say for for people listening? And sometimes I feel like when it comes on, it is, it feels like it's flooding all kinds of things. So how can you, I guess the first question would be when you feel that onslaught and you're overwhelmed, maybe filled with fear, how can you first just kind of get that to stop so you can even begin to think clearly? So I'm glad you mentioned fear, because I think that is a very common reaction many people have, whether it's starting in a new job that you're not sure that you have the skills for, or 
being in a job for a long time, but needing to reach the next milestone and being afraid if you don't hit that, that bad things will happen or you won't succeed. Uh, fear of failure is really something that I think is so endemic. Many of my clients say to me, am I alone in being afraid <laughs> of this? Or am I the only one who feels this way? And the answer is they are not, they are not. I think almost everyone has lacked confidence at some point in their career, in their life. Um, for many of us, I think there's a confidence moment every day where we, we ask ourselves whether we're certain. One of the questions I like to start with though, when someone raises the fear question is, um, what's the worst that could happen? Mm. This doesn't work out. Because often the worst that can happen is not what probably will happen. I'll give you a good example. I've talked to many people over the years who have gotten something that is not going well for them professionally. Maybe they are not going to meet their second quarter revenue results, or maybe they have suddenly screwed up a citation to a particular law in a brief that they've put before a court. And it's surprising to me how many people come to me and say, I'm afraid this is going to mean I'll, I'll never be a partner in my law firm, mm -hmm. or my company is going to fire me, or I'll probably be homeless and my family and I will have to sell our house and move. And I often say, well, wait, stop for a minute. Is that really what could happen? Is that the worst that could happen to you? Let's talk about how you think this happens. Mm. What does your boss say if you talk to your boss about this? Uh, what do your colleagues say? What if you have to go to your client and admit that you made a mistake? What's the worst that happens? Well, my client fires me. Do you have other clients? Well, I do. Could you get another client if this is your only client? Yes. Um, there are instances where the fear of something that seems like possible failure can be really debilitating. But I think a fundamental question is to ask yourself, is this really what is likely to happen if you fail? I also think it's important to ask, do you think you can survive if you fail mm -hmm. in this? Mm -hmm. What happens next? What if you lose your job or what if you do this? And I also ask people to think about all the successes they've had from things that have been failures in the past. Um, if you've had to have that tough conversation with a client to admit a mistake or with your shareholders or your board of directors to explain why you're not going to meet expectations for the year or why there's going to have to be a write down, what happened? Most people share an experience where it was tough, but they did not have this crater-like failure that opened underneath them. So I think one of the best things to do is explore what makes you think this will happen or what makes you think this is the result? What's been your experience in the past when this has happened? And what could you do also right now Maybe you go find a friend, maybe you find a colleague and walk this yeah. through with them and try to establish a way that you can self-cure, that you can address the problem or you can mitigate the problem even if you can't solve it. But I think a lot of people are so wrapped in the emotion of fear, which can be mm -hmm. gripping, right? Uh. That it's so hard to think about what are some steps? Or if I step back and look at this, what does this really look like? Yeah, I think those interrupters, because fear kind of wants to just take over 
and run the show. And um, I, I liked all those questions. I, I do. I feel like if anyone grabbed any of those questions, any of those alone can kind of interrupt the onslaught and at least give your brain a moment to start to allow logic to come into play again, instead of just sheer emotion, worst case scenarios. And I think it is, you know, I like how you talk about kind of mapping that out. Okay. What's the worst thing that could happen? What's the likelihood of that? If that does, what would you do? I think all those can help just put those checks in place because yeah, most people don't want to talk about it. And I think whether or not they they have someone they can open up to, those are great questions that they can at least start to examine and start to stop the flood of emotion that likes to come in. So once they once they've stopped and hopefully had a moment to kind of catch their breath and realize this isn't necessarily the end all be all gonna, you know, be the worst thing that's ever happened to them, then, you know, what do you like to focus on in terms of, okay, people have either they're making a pivot in their career, or maybe they have their own business. Most of the people listening here have their own business, um, or they're leading in a business, and they want to do something new um, to continue to compete. And so, there's also that fear, I guess, of doing something new and, and not being good at it. And a term that we hear a lot is imposter syndrome. So what, what do you have to say in terms of how you define imposter syndrome and how you can start to deal with that when that creeps in, when you're really trying to step out in a big way or in something new? Imposter syndrome is such a loaded term for so many people, but it's real. People really feel this. People really feel I'm a fraud. Mm -hmm. I'm a fake. I don't have the skills to do this job. Or am I crazy for starting my own business? I couldn't balance my checkbook, somebody said to me. <laughs> and there are, I think, a lot of different ways of looking at that. One of the first places I start is by saying, what does it mean to you when you talk about somebody as an imposter? Because I think of an imposter, for example, as somebody who says they're president of the United States, but they're not. They are right. clearly not the president of the United States. Or if somebody says, I'm, I'm a terrible business person. I, I, I failed in my last three businesses. I'm a fraud. Well, what did you do in your last three businesses? Well, I built an incredible product. The market just wasn't ripe for it. Okay, that sounds like a skill. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like something got in the way. It doesn't mean that you were a fraud. It means you've hit hurdles or challenges. I think also people often think that they don't have the right skill set. Mm -hmm. And they think, I've not done this before. What if I'm not well suited for this? I'm an imposter. I like to also talk to clients about, okay, well, let's talk about the skills you do have. Probably if someone has hired you to be the CEO of a company, or if you've founded another company, or if you are making this company work, you have some skill set that is helping you to be a good CEO, a good CFO, a good chief operating officer. Someone has hired you for those skills. If someone's paying you, maybe you only have one or two clients, 
but you're starting out. Some client has faith in you and says, I think you have the skills that you can help me. Maybe that's to help them uh, design a new house. Maybe that's the skill to help them develop a new marketing plan, but you have some skills that someone is paying you for, or someone is giving you value in some other way. So I like to focus on what skills do you have that somebody hired you for either in a company or individually with your own business. Let's talk about those skills. And it's funny how when we start talking, my clients often say, well, you know, I had 10 years of experience in this industry, or I really understood before I launched my business, how clients respond. And I understand customer service. I did that well and got awards for it. I think people have more skills than they think. And as we start talking through that, that really loaded dark cloud of imposter <laughs> syndrome starts to dissipate a little bit. Yeah, I think that's I think that's great. It's just examining what do you consider an imposter? And I think with that that clear-cut example of saying you're the president when you're not. Okay, well, you're right. If somebody has a skill, even if they might may not think they are the top of their field at that that clearly somebody else has put faith in them, believes in them. And if they do have that experience, kind of clinging to those, maybe when you don't necessarily feel that, you know, you're the strongest, that reminder. Um, so, you know, I would also just like to know as someone who is a business owner now, when you made that jump, what was one of the toughest mindset obstacles that you faced and, and how did that look for you to, to work on that? In my career as a lawyer, I had always had an infrastructure that I worked with that was pretty well established. People that thought about how we marketed to clients, people that provided the financial accounting and the logistics of paying taxes and being accountable for funding your 401. I would get nice emails telling me when I needed to do something. I would have someone that provided the logistics of that. If I needed to get on a plane, we had a travel agent. If I needed to um, think about target audiences, I had lots of people that could do research for me in very large organizations. One of the things that I had to shift to as a entrepreneur and as a business owner myself was to start thinking about those things individually. Okay, what does my target audience look like? If I want to reach them, what are some ways I'll do that? What will that cost me? How will I fund that? How will I know if I've reached the right audience? How will I know if my marketing's having any impact? I didn't have marketing professionals to tell me. I had to start thinking about that. I think the other thing I've learned as a small business owner about having the right mindset is you need to be able to pivot. You need to be able to think if this is not working, okay, what would work? What else can I try? Where do I have resources that I can reach out to someone and ask, can I just get your thoughts on whether I'm approaching this in the right way? Or if you were a client or a potential client, how would you respond if I told you this was the service I was offering? I actually did a lot of pre-work before launching my business, talking mm -hmm. to people. What do you think I'm good at? What do you think would be something that would make you hire me? 
if I were to give you this kind of profile of my business, how would that work? So I did a lot of research because I needed to figure out actually what mindset I needed to have. I had a pretty good idea that I knew who I wanted to reach as a coach, mm-hmm. but I needed to test that. And I continually test that. And I think as a business owner, particularly as an entrepreneur, you've really got to be ready to change your mindset in the sense of if you think my target audience is this segment, but that segment's not responding, you've got to be willing to find another segment or figure out how could you reach the first segment better. There's a a lot of self-analysis and you don't necessarily have a whole structure behind you like a large company does. And so you've got to be creative. So I think having a creative mindset and being open to change is even more important in the business I'm in now than it was for me as an attorney. And, you know, something that, that you have done, you've had to adapt so many times, whether it was jumping from a different type of, you know, organization to another, or then to starting your own business. And, uh, you know, small business owners, a lot of us are wearing many, many hats. And, you know, one is social media. I feel like that's as a marketer, that's something I face that's always changes. There are so many things that always change. What do you think is most helpful in terms of mindset to become more adaptable? If, you know, maybe you did something for a long time and you know, you have to change, but it's hard. It it can be hard to get out of one way of doing something into another that feels totally uncomfortable. Do you have any tips for becoming more adaptable to change? I come back to something we were talking about a few minutes ago, which is what's the worst that can happen Mm -hmm. if you make a shift and it doesn't work? Um, Can you land on your feet again? I think every job I've had there's always been a little bit of trepidation, even when I was moving from one company to another. And again, somebody was providing all that infrastructure, all of that uh, logistics, all of that backbone for an organization. I would still say, am I making the right move? Even when I was really excited about it, what if they don't think I'm skilled enough to do this job? What if it doesn't work out? I think you have to be a little open to making the leap And asking yourself also, okay, maybe what's my backup plan? If this doesn't work, what's the worst that could happen? If for a lot of people, it makes you feel better to walk through what happens if this doesn't work? Okay, well, I have a a friend that I could call and I think that I could work with them in their business or I think that I could go back to my old company or I have enough of a network that I could do this. Or for a lot of people, this is also a financial analysis. Mm -hmm. I have X amount of months of savings set aside that if this new pivot takes a downward in my business, what's my financial profile look like that I can withstand that? So I think it looks different for everyone. But again, I come back to that, that theme of mindset of, okay, if something bad happens, what's the worst that happens? And what would I do about it if this pivot doesn't work? That, that is great. I think just knowing, okay, this is something I've never done before. I know I need to do this and it's probably not going to feel totally natural immediately, but yes, what is the worst? What is the worst that can happen if I throw myself out there in that way? And then one other question that I would really love is just having that, having that long-term 
outlook. I think there are so many people that jump into starting a new business and there can be a lot of, yay, this is really exciting and a lot of fun. And then some of the reality sets in with, this is a lot of work. You're probably going to start working more hours and doing more things than you anticipated. And that glamour comes off really quickly. In terms of perseverance and doing things, even when you have zero interest emotionally in, in getting there, what is something that you, a tip that you can share to help people just in that kind of long-term perseverance at something they've committed to? Think about a time when you struggled with something and that might be not just professionally, but maybe as a kid, maybe you were the kid that really struggled learning to tie your shoes or tell time on a clock. I was the kid that struggled telling time on a clock, by the way, so I can relate to that. Um, if you think about a time that you struggled with something and it didn't come easily, but you wanted it enough to try it different ways. The way it was tried with me was my mom took a paper plate when I was a little kid, and this was back in the days of analog clocks and wrote numbers on it. And we spent days and weeks pointing the hands of the clock and trying to figure out a way that I could learn how to tell time, even though I couldn't seem to do it in the classroom. And, and, and today I can tell you, Christy, I actually know how to tell time. I figured it out. I made it through. Um, perseverance is a little bit like that. I think you have to look back to what are some things that were tough for me? What were some techniques that worked for me? What, what was helpful? And sometimes clients say, well, I've always felt frustrated. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, what about when you were um, planning for your child's birthday party? What about if you were working towards your college degree? What were the things that kept you motivated? Maybe it was, hey, I want a college degree so that I can get out in the world and somebody will hire me as opposed to saying, hey, we only hire college graduates. Right. There are things that I think people lose sight of when they get frustrated, all the hurdles seem insurmountable, mm -hmm. but most people have overcome hurdles in other aspects of their lives and pulling back to a memory of that or an experience of that is really critical for being able to move forward. I'll give you a good example. There's um, a client that I've worked with that said to me for a number of months, I'm just so tired. I feel so exhausted. Mm -hmm. This is really hard. And I said to them, you know what, what you're working on is really hard. This is a big job. It's understandable that you're exhausted. What have you done before when you've been exhausted? Well, one thing I'm doing is I'm not working out regularly and I'm not putting the right amount of effort into the things that I need to be focused on. I'm trying to cover and boil the ocean. And we talked about how to prioritize, how to find ways for that person not to feel so tired in this very long distance race that they were doing. And techniques like that, as well as thinking about what's worked for you before, and it's unique to everyone, really do matter. Mm -hmm. um, there, are, there are people that work very hard towards many goals and they look like they've done it easily, but they've usually got techniques. They're usually struggling and they usually have days where they also just need a break from it all. And those are all important ways to manage that long distance run. 
I love that because I think it's so easy to look back and discount, oh, well, that was, this is nothing. That was nothing compared to this. This is a much bigger deal. So what worked for me then won't work for me now. And I think that's great to, to just have that understanding that, no, your mind is still wired the same way. So even though this may be a totally different challenge, if you've found a way to overcome that in the past, even in smaller ways, you know, like the perfect example you gave with you and the clock. Okay. Telling time might look totally different from something you're doing in your business now, but reminding yourself, my mind knows how to do these new things. It knows how to continue during hard things. Um, that can be, or my, or my mind knows how to learn. Mm. to do new things. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do this. Mm -hmm. This is all new. I've never done a PL that I've run and been responsible for it and managed it. But wait, I've watched other people do it. I've done different elements of that. I've seen the results of what people do. I've seen how people are evaluated. I see the benchmarks they have to get to. I haven't personally done that. But I think I have enough skill to be able to figure out how to do it, learn more about what I need to do to accomplish it, and I can get there. I think yeah. that's where the, the rubber really meets the road. Yeah. And I would say the last, the last kind of core area when I think of these big mindset challenges um, that entrepreneurs face regularly one is resilience because there are going to be things that pop up that you, that do go wrong. And how do you get your brain to focus on, I'm going to move forward. I'm not going to stay stuck in this moment of something that I feel like maybe was a big, uh, maybe it came out of nowhere, or even if it didn't, it was just what they consider to be a big failure and they do want to overcome it. But how does that, you know, kind of like resilience, how does that work? How to get out of that when you feel stuck? One way to approach that is to ask yourself what your overall goal is or your larger goal. It's sort of like what's, what's your goal in the war versus what's your goal in the battle. The battles mm -hmm. are often what set us back, but we have a broader picture of what we want to achieve. So if your broader picture is, um, you want to be promoted in your career and your promotion path, you understand that and you're working towards it, but you've just had a project where you got negative feedback or something didn't go well, or you didn't win the pitch that you made to a client and you're frustrated. There could be a lot of reasons. You don't feel like you did the best work. Your team didn't do the best work. The client was unfair you gave the best pricing you could, but they didn't accept it. There's all sorts of variables that go into what the hurdles are. But I think remembering that you have this overarching goal and putting that challenge in perspective, that it's one piece of this puzzle that you are working on as you move towards that goal. I gave the example of promotion and really keeping that in mind and envisioning for yourself, what does that look like? when I get that promotion? Is that what I still want? I think that's worth mm -hmm. asking yourself too, if you hit a hurdle or multiple hurdles, do I still want the goal or do I still want to achieve what I'm working on? And if I do, is it worth moving past this hurdle? And do I want to move past this hurdle so I can keep focused on the goal? 
That's a great do I, question. Do I, do I want to move past this or do I want to say, maybe this isn't for me and that's okay. Mm-hmm. If you decide you want to shift to something else, we talked about that pivot, that's okay. But I think making that analysis and looking at what your bigger picture is. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I, there's so many kind of big umbrellas that we've covered today. And I just really appreciate the tips, the questions that you've shared. And I know that's going to be so helpful for listeners. Is there anything final? I know we've covered a lot of ground here. Is there anything final that we haven't covered that you want to leave listeners with? I would just say that I really enjoy working with my clients and I enjoy partnering with people. One of the reasons someone asked me why clients come to me, and I think a lot of it is most people feel very alone in their professional lives and they want someone to collaborate with, spitball with, kick ideas around with. I enjoy doing that. I hope I provide that, that outlet and I hope I provide that safety again, for talking about things like confidence and resilience that feels so personal and sometimes we're not willing to share with others. Um, I'm really privileged that I get the opportunity to work with people that are willing to share that with me, want to share that with me and allow me to help them move to where they want to go. So it's a, it's a joy to do the work. I have been really, really happy with it. I'm grateful to you for letting me share that today. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Laura. And for everyone listening, uh, we'll have links in the show notes, but definitely check out her website. She has an excellent blog and you can also find her on LinkedIn. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. To succeed in business, you need brand awareness, authority, and trust to get those you need visibility. Podcasts offer each of these. It's a unicorn platform because it gives you the scarcest resource in digital marketing, attention. Did you know that 80% of podcast audiences listen to the entire episode and more than 50% consider buying from a brand or individual that they discover on a podcast? Building your own show and audience takes years. Grow faster by guest speaking on other podcasts to get more leads, build your SEO and strengthen your brand. To learn how my agency can help, email me at hello at christybilbury.com.